Hello and welcome back to Marked Out for Fruitfulness. This is episode number 17 and tonight we're going to learn all about how disciples learn better and how Jesus teaches the disciples. So we're going to pick up the story in Mark chapter 6 and we're going to begin in verse six and a half. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. And whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and they preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. King Herod heard about this. Now we're going to skip forward to verse 30 because we'll come back to Herod in the next instalment. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. And then because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. And what happened there is an adventure for another day. The way that Jesus taught his disciples is in big contrast to the way that most of us think how we learn today. Now I'm assuming that if Jesus had wanted to, he could have adopted another method because I think the rabbis did in his day. He could have cocooned himself in a library with his 12 disciples and given them a reading list and they could have studied the scriptures and the commentaries. But you and I know that isn't how he went about it, is it? Instead, step one of how he chose to lead them was he called them to be with him. Now we first saw this in chapter 3, verse 13. Jesus called them to be with him that he might send them out to preach and cast out demons. And the simple point is this, but it's a profound one. We learn by being alongside people, by being close to them, by being in their shadow. In short, we learn from their experience. Think back, if you will, to let's say different bosses that you worked for or different colleagues that you've had. And I'd be amazed if immediately what comes to mind is anything other than the example some of them set you. I can certainly remember, I think back to my days in business working in a city, I can remember working for some very lovely people, I can remember though particularly working for some people who were extremely unpleasant, short-tempered, rude, abrasive, hostile, and um, they're never going to be my chosen model for how to conduct myself in life. But they were an example, they were an example of everything I hope not to be. 
I can't remember the facts that they drummed into me about insurance broking, but I can remember their example. And then I can think of many, many colleagues and, um, and particularly bosses that I've had over the 30 years or so that I've been ordained. A somewhat outstandingly kind and generous and patient, generous with their time too and caring. And they left an imprint certainly upon me saying to myself, oh, I, I want to be like that. Some set an example they didn't know they were setting. I was close enough to see that, that if they weren't in the spotlight, they were never happy, that they needed to be noticed and admired. Some were so target-driven and goal-oriented, it never occurred to them to ask, so how are you? Some were so full of ideas that they had the next idea before the last one was even fully described. Well, all I'm trying to illustrate is everyone sets an example, whether they know it or not. And that is the biggest, biggest leadership tip I think I have to share. Have you ever thought about the example that you're setting? Because you invariably are. And you might say, no, no, Rupert, you're wrong. I'm not in leadership. <clears throat> you don't have to be in leadership. You, if, you're, if you have a neighbor, you're setting an example to your neighbor. If you come to church during the times where we're not in lockdown, you set an example by whether you arrive late, whether you arrive early, whether you're gregarious and friendly or whether you're not. You set an example by how you dress, etc., etc. If you're a parent, you obviously set an example. Now, Jesus calls his disciples to be with him. Why? Well, in part at least, so he can set an example. I think we can turn this to our advantage. Once you twig that you're invariably setting an example, you can ask yourself the obvious follow-up question. So what kind of example do I want to set? What do I want to be an example of? And you'll have a chance to discuss that in your small group later on. And if you're stuck to know, you could just read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Maybe you'll find some qualities there that you'd like to graft into your life and be an example of. But when we come back to Jesus again, the example he sets to the disciples is not just his character, it's also what he did. He went from place to place. He taught about the kingdom and he showed the kingdom of God too. And we've been looking at that in recent weeks, healings and deliverance and raising a dead. What's been naturally titled the show and tell model. He described the kingdom and then he illustrates the kingdom. It was a word and deed ministry. And what have the disciples learnt from being with Jesus? Well, they've learned exactly to model what he's asking them to do. They've seen it done in front of them. And now they're being commissioned to do the same. And then they have to report back. And isn't that exactly how we learn? I'll come back to that in a second. The description of what they're to wear and the clothing that they have and the money in their belts and just, just enough to wear, not too much, is simply saying to us, this and to them, this task is urgent. Don't dilly-dally on the way. They, you don't need excess. You don't need excess baggage. You just need what you need one day at a time. 
And then also in verse 11, be strategic, he says to them. Uh, if when you go somewhere they don't want to receive you and the message cuts no ice, press on to where they will receive you, where you see signs of hope. Now, obviously, I think we have to adapt these instructions if we're not on the move. But while you're on the move, those are very, very good instructions. And they're obedient, aren't they? They do what Jesus asks them to do and then they come back. They went out, in verse 11, they preached that people should repent, verse 12, sorry. And they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. And evidently they made waves because Herod gets to hear about it. And there's a reaction. But that's for another day, isn't it? I found this is a great way of being taught uh, that when people have modeled to me what they wanted me to do later, they've let me sit in while they led a Bible study. They've then, after a period of time, asked me to lead a Bible study in front of them. They've given me hints and they've given me corrections. And then the day will come when they make sure they're not there and they leave you to do the Bible study so you can then come back and say how it's gone. That's, that's how we learn. And actually, I'd just like to pay tribute to a dear friend who died last week. He was 89 and uh, he was living in America now with his dear wife, Caroline. And my friend Joel uh, turned up to the church I was trying to lead when I was in my mid-30s in Salisbury. And he was an experienced, very recently retired clergyman. And for many years, every Wednesday, I would go around and meet with him and he would talk through and review kindly what I'd been up to. And he modeled to me so much what it means to be a mentor and to be a, a wise counselor who could lead me forward. He set an example. And incidentally, I think, um, though he didn't know he was doing this, he illustrated to me a very good reason why it's so important to be plugged into God's community, not just for your benefit, so that you can bless others with everything that God has taught you. Well, I then see that Jesus not just sends the disciples out, but he calls them back. And evidently, I think he took one look at them and thought, my goodness, you look shattered. And so he says, come with me by yourselves. Do you see that again? Let's get together to a quiet place and get some rest. He was saying to them, this kind of mission, this kind of work is very demanding. It, it's really very exhausting. And you've got to learn somehow to get into a rhythm where you can draw back and rest and recuperate. Well, just before we get into groups, how does this, what we've been learning tonight, contrast with our usual learning experiences? Well, it says to me, formation is not the same as information. Formation gathering takes a lot longer than information gathering. I remember Liz and I leading a Bible study group many years ago when I was curate at St Aldate's in Oxford. And a, a, a young man who was recently moved to Oxford, he wasn't a student, but he, he arrived and he came to our first two weeks and then he didn't come back for about seven weeks. And we wondered why on earth not. When he did come back, he said, there's so much I had to put into practice from weeks one and two. It's taken me all this time. Now I'm ready to learn something else. But he taught me something then. He taught me that formation 
and information very, very different. I see in this passage too, we don't want to become tadpole Christians. That's to say, all head heavy, head knowledge, disproportionate to any other part of our lives. Or another way of putting it is a bit like the computer I'm sitting in front of. It's got so much more power than I ever use. We might have so much more knowledge than we ever put to use. We learn so often like the disciples here by reaching out of our depth, by being obedient to Jesus. And sometimes it's by the Holy Spirit prompting us, you know, a phone call, I think you should ring so-and-so, Rupert, or a name comes to mind and you think I need to contact them. But sometimes it's just by reading the scriptures and the Holy Spirit says to you, oh, are you actually doing that? You know, you read something like um, forgive one another and you think, am I actually doing that? Or you read something about tithing and you think, am I actually doing that? And it's an adventure of faith. It, it's learning by doing. And that's what Jesus is getting the disciples to do. So, the questions for tonight. They are quite challenging. The following four areas are themselves challenging. I invite each member of a group just to pick one of the four and share with the group how God has taught you in these areas. Here they are. Number one, trusting God in difficult times. Or number two, how to be generous. Or number three, how to worship with integrity. Or number four, about forgiveness. And question two, since we inevitably set an example that people will follow, what example would you most like to model to others? E.g., you could complete the sentence, I'd like to be an example of X. Enjoy your time in small groups.